Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast on Acast. I'm Jolie Kerr a cleaning expert, advice columnist, and author of the New York Times bestselling book, My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag, and Other Things You Can't Ask Martha. A companion post to this episode containing show notes appears on deadspin.com, and you should send your questions about cleaning, or anything else really, to joliecare at gmail.com, or just chat with me in the comments at Deadspin. Today I'm kicking off laundry school, and I'm so, 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 so excited about it. As many of you know, every September, I devote the entire month to laundry subjects, uh, mostly with a focus on the basics. This month, I will be covering how to survive the laundromat, everything you need to know about denim care, and to close it out, I will do an episode all about caring for dark clothing entitled Laundry for Goths. I'm very, very excited about that last one. Um, And I've got some great guests lined up to join me this month. Today for the kickoff, I'm actually going to be on my own solo app um, because, there, one, there is so much to cover, um, and also because David Cho from episode 80, who I had hoped could be here, had a scheduling conflict, um, but I will get him back here soon enough. I know you guys really enjoyed him. I did too, and he, he is really keen to come back, and he, he really truly was so disappointed about the little the scheduling conflict. Um, before I get into it, I want to remind you that I offer bonus episodes and all sorts of other cool rewards to my premium subscribers. If you would like to help underwrite my show by becoming an Ask a Clean Person the podcast patron, go to patreon.com slash askacleanperson to check out all of the packages that I'm offering and to select the level of giving that's right for you. Your support helps me so much, and I'd love to hear from you if there are rewards you'd like me to consider making available. Speaking of patrons, I have some new patrons to thank this week, and I even remembered to plug their names into the script, which is very good for me. Um, so here we go. Big, big thank yous go out to Rochelle Phils Richards, Fred Morlin, Jeffrey Becker, Matthew Elcock, Catherine Pickersgill, Kate Nasato, Ryan Windley, Jody Brink, Robin Blackwell, um, and you guys, Robin is in Houston, so let's send her a little extra love right now. She is doing A-OK with the flooding, but many of her friends are not, um, and she reached out to me this week looking for some some tips on flood cleanup, which I put together um, and, uh, and and put on Twitter. So if you guys are looking for those, go, go either look on Twitter or go look at the Ask a Clean Person Facebook page that I have, um, and please go like that and participate. It's ask, it's facebook.com slash askacleanperson, um, and that link for Houston is up there. Um, speaking of a little extra love also, a, an extra special thanks goes out to Lauren Covalucci for upping her pledge from $5 to $10. Thanks, Lauren. Um, as a reminder to the rest of you guys, the $10 level of giving 
entitles you to have a question answered on a bonus episode. So if that's of interest to you, um, go and check out that tier. And if you um, if you subscribe at that level, I will be right in touch and remind you that you can ask a question for the bonus app. All right. But before we can even think about bonus episodes, we have to get through this episode. Um, let us kick it off with a question from Doug. So Doug asks, Hi, one time I left the laundry and the washer too long, forgot about it, and a few days later, it smelled like mildew. I looked online for options and found that adding vinegar could remove mildew smells. I have a front load washer. I wash the clothes again, but with a cup of vinegar in the detergent slot instead of laundry detergent. It did remove the mildew smells, but some of the clothes now smell like vinegar, even after repeated washings and dryings without vinegar. It's weird that it's only some of them. I can't explain that. Maybe they got doused first. The ones that have the vinegar smell are cotton. Any ideas on what I did wrong or how to fix it would be very appreciated. Thanks. Um, Okay, so I do have ideas about what may have gone wrong here. um, And I have definitely ideas about how to fix it. So let's start with a fix for it. um, Because it's a pretty easy one. We are going to call upon our old dear friend, Dr. Bronner. We are going to use Dr. Bronner's magical liquid Castile soap to remove those smells. So um, I think you guys have heard me talk about Dr. Bronner's in the past couple episodes. It's really come up. And actually, um, it came up this past week in my life hacker column ask a clean person for parents as a reminder ask a clean person now appears on life hackers parenting vertical offspring um last week's column was all about removing heavy perfume smells from hand-me-down and swap baby clothing um but really when we're talking about significant odors um the answer to all of those problems, whether it's perfume in baby clothes or a lingering vinegar smell in demildewed smelling clothes or gasoline on pants, um, Dr. Bronner's is the thing. So here is what um, you need to know about using the Dr. Bronner's in the laundry to remove strong, strong odors. First of all, you can use any of the scents that they have. Um, In the case of the gasoline pants, the gals use peppermint. In the case of the baby clothes, um, my friend used the lavender scent. The unscented one will work fine too. I think it's really just, um, it's something about that Castile soap. It's not specific to the scent. Um, so really use any one of those. Um, there is on the Dr. Bronner's website, and you guys, you should really be looking at the Dr. Bronner's website because it is such a trip and it's so fun. I could spend hours on it. Um, on the Dr. Bronner's website, they have what they call the dilutions cheat sheet. So they offer all of the the dilution ratios for using Dr. Bronner's for as as toothpaste or laundry detergent or shampoo um, or, you know, there are 18 different, they call it 18 in one, 18 different uses that they, they recommend. Um, and so all of the dilutions are on there and you should use that because it's a great reference tool. But let me tell you what the laundry um, dilutions are just to save you the time of going and looking on your own. But really go look because the site is so fun. Um, so for laundry... For a large load of laundry, so basically a re- you know a regular you know sort of full size load of laundry, you want to use one third to one cup of Dr. Bronner's um, for a large load in a regular washer. If you have an HE machine, and this is super 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 important, if you have an HE machine, you should be using half that amount. So one sixth to one quarter cup will do it for an HE machine. 
um, that is that's really important to remember. So go ahead and just relaunder those clothes um, that that smell of the vinegar. Use cold water. Dry them on lower medium heat instead of high heat. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into why I think this may have happened, um, and it and it may have something to do with the water temperature and the um, the heat of the dryer. So use use cold water for this jobby and use a lower medium heat dryer cycle. Okay, now in terms of what you did wrong. There there are some there are some things that you didn't follow in terms of best practices, but frankly they shouldn't have they still shouldn't have caused this problem. It's really unusual that this happened. Um, but here are the best practices for when you want to use vinegar to remove um, um, you know, mil- mildew odor from a load of laundry, whether it's because you've left the clothes sitting in the washer wet too long, which happens. Like sometimes we just forget things or sometimes we get pulled away and it's just, you know, it's, it's easily fixable. So don't worry if that happens. Um, but there are plenty of other reasons why textiles will take on kind of a mildewy odor um, that you might want to be using the vinegar. So here are the best practices. The best practice when you have um, a mildew situation is to use laundry detergent and to put it into the, the regular compartment, but only to use about half of what you would normally use. Um, and then you want to put the vinegar, the one cup of vinegar, into the rinse cycle. So the rinse cycle obviously happens at the end of the cycle. And the way that you'll add the the vinegar in order to have it dispense automatically is you'll put the vinegar into the fabric softener compartment. That will automatically dispense it during the rinse cycle. And that's really where you want to be using the vinegar. Now, the thing is, though, I just want to say as a caveat... In my own life, I've gone ahead and put the vinegar right in with the um, in the detergent compartments and had it run through, and I've never had this problem. So I think it's just a fluke. It's you know, as I said, it's totally fixable. Uh, please don't beat yourself up about what you did, quote unquote, wrong. Because te- I mean, technically, you didn't do the best practice, but like you've done things that I've done, and I've never had a problem. So I think this is just a fluke. Um, Another thing that that may have happened again this should this shouldn't be a problem but but it just may help to explain why it happened in your case. You maybe have just gotten like a perfect storm of of all of the things that could go wrong went wrong here. Um it may have been that you used hot water, the hottest water cycle in the washer and that you used the highest heat setting in the dryer and that basically you ended up like pickling your clothes in that vinegar um so that may be that may be a factor but again you know it really should have been fine and um you know don't you you didn't do anything majorly wrong so don't beat yourself up just go get some dr bronner's that'll fix those clothes up right quick and you'll be happy and then and then you'll have dr bronner's and you can use it to brush your teeth with um so you know it's a it's really just a win-win for everyone Okay, so here we go on to our next question. John asks, oh, I, you guys, I was very excited. I got all, all male questions in this one. I was, like, super, super excited about the way that this episode shaked out. Shaked out, Jolie shook out. It's a good thing writer lady can't use words real good. Uh, okay, so here we go from John. Hi, Jolie. I've seen and heard all kinds of advice on how to keep your new clothes looking nice and new. However... As someone who grew up in the grunge-infected 90s and has always preferred the feel of broken-in, thrifted clothes, I need to know, how do I break in a new t-shirt relatively quickly? Whenever I get a new t-shirt, like as a gift or one I have to wear for work, it's always a heavyweight, 100% cotton that feels stiff and uncomfortable. Is there any way to speed up the ravages of time? 
Obviously, I don't want to destroy it completely if I have to wear it for work. But anything to bust down the stiffness and make it feel like it's been mine for years would make wearing it much more enjoyable. Thanks for your time. All right. I have I have some ideas here. And I also have to say, um, as someone who also grew up in the grunge, in fact, the 90s, it makes me very, very happy. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday, August 31st. And if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know that I posted an absolutely ridiculous photo of me from the fall of 1995, like splayed in front of a cop car when I was in college. So I like I like feel this question so, so deeply. Um, really, really speaks to my, my little 90s heart. Um, so there are a couple of things that you can do to quickly break in um, a T-shirt. The first is um, to wash it in, in the hottest water that you can find and then dry it out in the sunshine. Um, that's really going to help with the fading. If you want to go ahead and sort of wash it a couple of times in a row and do that, it's also going to um, soften it up a bit. Um, Another thing that you can do, so this is actually an old old trick of mine from like my teenage years, so bef- way, way, way before I was a professional clean person, when I was just like a little budding clean person. Um, for my teenage years, what we used to do, um, and of course this, this is a little bit of like coastal privilege here because I could do it, we would take things that we wanted to break in and we would dunk them in the ocean um, and then lay them out in the sunshine. So you can obviously recreate that at home by making um, a, a bath of salt water. Um, but salt will like, the salt water will really um, help to break things down. It will, it will help with a little bit of the fading. It will definitely soften things up. The sunshine will help too. Um, in terms of softening up the fibers themselves and creating kind of a distressed and frayed look, you can actually go ahead and use fine grit sandpaper. Um, you do want to make sure that you're using fine, pretty fine grit sandpaper and not like heavy duty stuff because you'll just like shred holes in, in your t-shirts. Um, but that will really help soften it up, especially it's going to make, um, make logos look worn in if that's, a, if that's kind of a look you're going for. But it also will really soften up, especially I know, I know exactly what you say when you talk about those t-shirts. They tend especially to be really stiff around the collar. Um, and so the the sandpaper will sort of let you get that like kind of soft frayed look and feel. Um, one other thing to mention in terms of fading, it's not really going to help you with the feel so much. Um, but if you do want that kind of faded look, go for a detergent that has an optical brightener in it. And here's why. You don't necessarily want to use optical brighteners. Those are the things that make your whites look super, super, super white. You don't want to use optical brighteners on colors if you want to maintain the integrity of the color because they will fade a color, a bright color, a dark color. They will Optical brighteners will, will fade those. But if fading is what you're going for, then choosing a detergent or a booster like the OxyClean um, White Revive that is an optical brightener will achieve the faded look that you want. So there are um, basically most of the commercial laundry detergents that aren't free and clear, that aren't green, will have optical brighteners in them. A few brands that you can look for, um, almost almost all of the All, A-L-L line, um, almost all of the Tides, almost all of the Eras, and then there's a Cheer called Cheer Bright Clean that has them. Um, so there are four that you can uh, that you can look for if you want to go the optical 
Breitner route in terms of trying to fade it. Um, so one other thing to mention in terms of the softness, and I want everyone to brace themselves for this so you don't, you don't fall out of your chairs when you hear me say this. Uh, I'm not, I promise I won't go so far as to recommend Febreze, but, but this will be pretty shocking too. Is that actually liquid fabric softener will really help to soften up a stiff feeling t-shirt. So you may want to put, um, you know, when, you, when you're, if you're doing like a few sort of initial washes to, to break the shirt down, you may want to add liquid fabric softener in, in addition to using, um, you know, the hot water and your regular detergent and all of that kind of stuff. Cause that, that will help to, to really soften up. Um, the feel of the fibers. So there you go. Jolie Care just recommended liquid fabric softener. I'm sort of waiting for like a pig to fly over my head. There doesn't seem to be one. Um, but, if, but if one does appear in the studio, I'll be sure to let you know. Um, so on, on that very pig flying note, this is a good time to take a quick break. I will be right back with more about your laundry. This is Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. I'm Jolie Care, and I've been talking about laundry. I've got one more really, really good question. This is, this is from a guy, but he asked to remain anonymous. So I'm going to say anonymous asks, hey, Jolie, long time, first time. I try to take care of my things as best I can so as to counter my naturally clumsy and messy self. Most of the time, I'm successful but I recently had a laundry incident. I absentmindedly loaded my laundry and extracted one of my favorite shirts from the dryer, only to find a large yellow stain of unknown origin that beat my usual care. I vaguely remember noticing the stain the last time I wore it, but I think I was high, so I don't know how I got it. What's a boy to do? Thanks for all the help. Uh, well, listen, I can I can get behind a laundry mishap that occurs because you're high. I think that's great. Um, all right, you guys. So listen, we're I'm gonna I'm gonna round out uh, the the laundry portion of this episode um, with a discussion of what to do about mystery stains when you don't know where the stain came from, you don't know what caused it. Uh, how, sort of how to go about thinking about your options for treating it. Um, so the, for the first sort of general piece of advice when it comes to mystery stains is you always want to start with the gentlest option and work up to, like, the nuclear options. Um, I also want you guys to remember that dry cleaning is always an option for you. In this case, you know, I got a level with you guys and say that because the shirt has been through the dryer... It might not be salvageable, but we can always try. Um, and certainly taking it, if it's something you love, I mean, even if it's a T-shirt, the dry cleaners will take a T-shirt. Um, and just saying, taking it to them and saying, look, I don't know where this thing came from. 
I don't know what to treat it with, so I'm handing it off to be treated with dry cleaning solvents is always an option. Um, okay, so one one thing to bear in mind, and I and this is specific to this question, but also general. Um, you guys have heard me talk in the past couple of episodes because it's been summer here in New York um, about sunscreen stains, and we've also recently covered rust stains. And so you guys know that those two stains operate. They're they're funny animals in the stain world, as I like to say. They operate differently from almost every other stain. And if there's any chance at all that the mystery stain in question is rust or sunscreen, and in this case it, it sounds like it, may, it, it might be because it's a yellowish kind of stain, you want to start with the lemon juice and salt technique. So let me remind you what the lemon juice and salt technique is. You're going to lay the garment out flat. You're going to squeeze the juice of, of a lemon onto the stain, making sure that you're, you're fully saturating the stain with the juice of the lemon. And then you're going to sprinkle table salt on the lemon juice, like a like an ant hill style mound. You guys hear me say that all the time. Um, then you're just going to leave it. So make sure you're laying it out in a place where it can sit for a while. If it's on a, if it's on wood or something like that, put a towel down so that the lemon juice doesn't go through because then you'll end up with the wood stain on the other side of the shirt, and it's a whole other thing we got to take out. Um, so make sure you're putting the, the the stained garment down in a place where it can it can just sit for 12 to 24 hours because that the sitting is important. Now the lemon juice and the salt is the thing for the rust uh, and for the sunscreen also, but it's great on other stains too. So that may well just take out whatever this mystery stain is, even if it wasn't rust. Um, and what you're going to do after the the 12 to 24 hours, you're going to go in, you're going to brush the salt away, and then you're going to flush the area with cold running water, and then you're going to launder as usual. So that's the technique for using the lemon juice and the salt. That would be the thing I would start with in this case because we we could suspect that it might be rust or sunscreen because it's yellow, and it's what I would start with if, if any of other others of you out there are dealing with a mystery stain that's potentially rust or sunscreen. Now, if you're positive that it's not rust or sunscreen, the place where I would start would be with a long OxyClean soak. Now, our rules for rust and sunscreen are that you cannot use bleach of any kind. You can't use chlorine bleach, and you can't use oxygenated bleach. This is heartbreaking for me to say, but it's the truth, and I have to tell you the truth because that's my job. Um, so if we, if we are positive it's not one of those two stains, and we think maybe it's um, you know mustard, turmeric, something terrifying like that, um, then go ahead and give it the long Oxy soak. Start with hot water. You know, the water is going to cool over time, um, but hot water will, will do two things. One, it's going to help the oxy dissolve, and also it's just going to add sort of an extra level of stain-removing power. Um, so the long oxy soak, just dissolve the oxy in hot, hot water, submerge the garment, let it soak tw- 12 hours, 24. I mean, the longer, the better, really. Uh, the next thing, when I, when I mention nuclear options, now, now we're working up into our nuclear options. Um, the next long soaking agent that I really love and I've talked about this on the show before is Cascade the dishwasher detergent now it has to be the powder stuff it can't be the liquid can't be the packs got to be the powder um we're going old school here and what you will do with the Cascade is the same thing as you would do with Oxy you put you know a big big scoop in there about a, about a quarter quarter cup should do it uh dissolve it hot 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 water submerge the garment let it soak 12 24 hours great now with the 
Cascade. You really want to reserve that for whites or lights um, and not for bright colors or darks because the Cascade can have a bit of a bleaching effect. So don't use that on your colors or your darks. Um, the last thing to mention is good old Fells Naphtha. Fells Naphtha is what's called a laundry bar. It looks like bar soap that you would use on your body. Please don't do that. It's a fairly harsh detergent. Um, it's the kind of thing that many people will find irritating their hands. You might want to wear a pair of gloves while you're working with it. But what you do is you wet the bar. You know, It's just a bar soap. You wet the bar and then you rub it on the stain. Um, work the fabric against itself to sort of work that fells nap the right in there and then launder the garment as usual. When you pull the garment out, check to see if the stain has has faded at all. If it's if it's faded but still there a little bit, just go ahead and repeat the process because it means that the fells naphtha was working for you. It just may mean that you need a second application. Um, so those are the things that I would recommend when we're talking about dealing with a mystery stain. Um, again... I do have to say that because it went through the dryer, maybe SOL, but I hope not. I'm going to pray to the laundry gods for you, um, and, and hopefully you will be A-okay. Um, now, to close out the show, I actually have some listener updates from episodes 80 and 84 to share. Um, I, I'm very excited about some of these, um, but before I share the first update from Susie, I do need to tell you that this will be difficult for many of you to hear. Um, it's going to be difficult for me to tell it, but I have always made a commitment to being honest with you, and I think that this is important to share. It's also part of the reason that I chose not to book a guest when Cho's schedule made it impossible for him to be here. Uh, this is just not the kind of thing that I want to ask a guest to have to handle, but it's very much my, my job to handle these kinds of things. So if you are in a place right now physically or emotionally where hearing a sad story isn't going to be appropriate for you, or if hearing me cry is going to be difficult or uncomfortable for you, this is the time to tune out. I will put time codes for this section in the Deadspin Companion post so that if you want to come back and hear the other two listener updates at the end of the episode, you can do that. Um, and you can skip this. But if you, of course, would like to um, hear this first update from Susie, you just stay tuned. Um, and, I, and again, I'm just going to say that this is, this is very, very emotional for me. Um, so it's going to be difficult, but we're all going to get through this. Okay. Um, so many of you will remember Susie from episode 80 with David Cho. She was the one whose boyfriend had the white sneakers that she very lovingly had tended to, um, that he, he got all mucked up on a hike for work, and he was, he was sort of beside himself that he had, had gotten these shoes so filthy because he was so grateful that Susie took such good care of them. Um, and Cho and I had so much fun answering that question. We loved Susie and her boyfriend so much that I even said I wanted to officiate their wedding. Uh, and they did indeed get engaged. By a total coincidence, on the Saturday after Cho and I recorded the episode, which was scheduled to publish the following Tuesday, Susie tweeted at me from an antique store where she had discovered a bottle of vintage Mrs. Stort's Bluing. She asked if I wanted it and offered to buy and ship it to me. And, of course, I said yes and offered to Venmo her to cover all the costs, which I did. Um, I also mentioned that we had just answered a question of hers on the show. In the course of emailing to sort out the logistics of the shipping, Susie shared a very sad update with me that she's asked that I share with you. So I'm going to do that now. 
So this is what Susie had to say. So said boyfriend with dirty sneakers, Matt, who later became my fiance, battled brain cancer for a long time. He passed away three months ago from complications. We were supposed to get married five days before he died, but we had to postpone the wedding due to his declining condition, eventually canceling it. He was only 28, but lived more life and loved harder than most people I know. He was my partner, deadspin buddy, huge Drew McGarry fan, and overall sports nerd, and favorite person ever. He enjoyed how happy your columns and posts made me, especially when the house slash his shoes slash his clothes were cleaner. I will miss him for the rest of my life. I think I only felt compelled to tell you that because the question you answered involved him, and I shared a lot of info, so I hope that doesn't make you too sad. I just ask that you hug your love and friends a little tighter next time you see them. Um, so because of the timing, um, I actually would have been able to edit out the question if Susie wanted me to, which she didn't, or to share her story by way of follow-up, which she did. I was also able to let Cho know uh, and talk to him about how he felt about it, which was good. Um, his initial reaction was, we, ha- we have to take that question out. Um, but as we talked about it, he understood the importance of not erasing it because this is real life and this show is about real life. And most of the time, what I'm doing here isn't all that serious. And there's usually a happy ending or at least a good joke to be made out of throw it away and get a new one. But sometimes my work touches on illness, both physical and mental, and even sadly enough death. And I don't think that pretending that that's not the case is the right thing. As sad as this is, the timing was a blessing in that Susie knew to expect it so that she could listen to the episode when she felt ready to. This is her follow-up to me after listening to the episode. Thanks, Jolie. No, I can assure you, you didn't do anything terrible in answering my question. I do appreciate the heads up on listening to the episode, though. I'll make sure I'm in a good space before doing so. And you are so thoughtful and amazing for offering to help and wanting me to stay in touch. It means a lot to me. Grief and loss is really hard, and I'm sorry you've experienced it too. Yes, you can absolutely share our story if you would like. I appreciate you wanting to do so and asking. It would be nice to get a little more awareness about brain cancer, since there's still so much left to be done, ray treatment and cure. I'm not sure if you feel comfortable doing this, but if you want to direct people to the American Brain Tumor Association for info and or potential donations, it would be immensely helpful. I sincerely appreciate you doing this for me and Matt so much. I also wanted to say that keeping the house clean, I eventually hired a housekeeper because I wanted to spend more quality time with Maddie, and even knowing how to clean stuff overall helped us so much. Matt never got a cold or the flu while he underwent treatment, and it was because we stayed vigilant in the cleaning slash germs department. Among other things, he eventually succumbed to breathing complications because his tumor affected his swallow, which meant that he aspirated everything, which meant that he developed pneumonia. I'm so grateful we never had additional complications before that. So keeping a clean home and knowing how to clean is a healthy thing that can, not always, prolong life. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go take a moment off mic to pull myself together. Uh, And then I'm going to share an update from Dino, who had the paint splattered sneakers that Cho and I talked about in that same episode. 
Uh, and also a, an update from episode 84, Samantha, whose cat pee had befouled her bath, her vacuum. Um, so I'm going to just take a moment off mic and then I'm going to come back. Uh, I'm going to blow my nose and wipe my eyes and, uh, and then I'll come back and we'll, we'll have some, uh, some fun updates. All right, you guys, I'm, I'm back. I have, I have blown my nose. I've wiped my eyes. I've pulled myself together. Um, and I am going to share some more updates from our listeners. Um, the first one, as I said, is from Dino from that same episode number 80, all about the sneakers. So Dino was the one who had gone to help a friend paint his house and had worn his favorite sneakers and got paint all over them. And he was, he was just beside himself. Um, so he, he did indeed follow up. We, we sent him an email um, and we were like, hey, we answered your question, but we, we got to know what you ended up doing because today's the day when they're re-releasing the sneaks. Did you buy them? Did you not? So here's what Dino had to say. Um, he said, I should have taken before and afters, but this is the ending result after a lot of patience and consistency. The dishwashing liquid worked wonders, and I also had a few tricks of my own, like soaking the shoes in cool water with a soap for a whole day to soften the paint. Then I used a rag, and I also painted the midsoles black. My next purchase will be Vapor Maxes. Thank you. Um, and so Dino also sent photos of, uh, of his clean and, uh, and newly uh, midsole painted sneaks and they looked awesome. They were very cool. He was really proud of them. I thought that that was such a smart thing that he did um, about soaking the shoes to loosen the paint up. I, I'm going to add that to my arsenal. I love it when you guys have little victories that you tell me about because it really does make me so much better at my job when I learn about the things that, that literally worked for you. I think, I think I talked about this last week that I refer to it as field research that you guys do for me and I, I just love it. Um, okay. And then I have another, I can't even believe that this happened so fast. Um, so last episode with, with Jaya and Jess, episode 84, uh, cats are magic, the dark kind. Um, we did a question from a, a listener named Samantha who had accidentally vacuumed up some cat pee and couldn't get the cat pee smell out of the vacuum. And she was like, I have a fluffy cat and toddler and I need my vacuum. Um, so she already heard the episode, and I mean, you guys, it's, I'm recording on Thursday. The episode came out on Tuesday. She's like, she's like on top of it, um, and she emailed to let me know what she did and what worked, and I was super excited. So I, I have this um, this update to share from Samantha. Dear Jolie Clean Person, I loved your witchy cat episode. It reminded me to write back to you. I heard you answer my question, and I had meant to send a follow up, but it completely slipped my mind. Thank you so much for answering my question. I didn't have a large box, so I stuck the head of the vacuum just in the litter bag, and it took the smell out of it. That's so smart, Samantha. She just put it right into the bag of clean litter. I mean, it's genius. This is like another thing I'm going to add to my arsenal. Um, The bottom tubing didn't fit, but the smell ended up dissipating on its own. We also solved the cat peeing outside the litter box problem. You say you like gross stories, and if you need another reason to hate cats, here's one. I don't hate cats. I don't. I love that you love your cats. I'm very cat-like. I just hate what you let your cats do to you. <laughs> it's the thing. Um, okay, so <laughs> you guys, this is a very gnarly story. <laughs> okay, so Samantha continues. We thought the litter might be hurting his feet, so we switched back to regular cat litter instead of the fancy silica stuff. 
he was still acting strange. And then we noticed he and anything he sat on had a horrid smell. It turns out cats have anal sacs and his were impacted. My husband was a hero and manually drained them. What comes out is a whitish brown oily goo that smells like death. Thanks to your podcast, I already knew how to deal with protein stains and was able to get the horrible smell out of his favorite spot on the couch. Unfortunately, once a cat has impacted anal sacs, it will keep coming back. But as long as we periodically drain them, he is happy and doesn't pee outside his litter box. Thanks again for the help. I look forward to laundry school. Samantha. <laughs> so, there you guys go. There, There is a, a, a much, um, much more joyful, although I guess not for Samantha and her husband, who have to deal with impacted anal sacs on their cat. Um, but, but a much, much more joyful note to end um, the show out. Before I close out today's show, I want to share the September patron challenge. Uh, if I get 25 new $2 patrons or at least $50 in new support, I will share the story of the grudge I've been nursing since 1980 motherfucking one. I also plan to earmark a third of the September patron money to the American Brain Tumor Association in Matt's memory, a third to Harvey Relief Funding. Um, I'm in touch with my contacts at Tide to identify an organization that provides laundry services to those affected by the flooding. Um, obviously, that's a thing I, I care deeply about. Um, also, because September is laundry school, I felt that that was really the right um, place to to put my, my charitable efforts. Um, I'm also in contact with the Tide people about possibly, and I hope this happens, they may, they may not be able to, for, for sort of like regulatory reasons, um, let me do this, but, but I would very much like to volunteer with Loads of Hope, um, which is a service that Tide offers where they bring huge trucks that are off, outfitted with laundry facilities into areas that have been affected by uh, storms and other natural disasters. Obviously, one of the, the things that people lose access to when they lose power and water as laundry facilities. And it sounds like a small thing. Um, but I know that even, even here in New York during Sandy, which was, you know, a, we didn't have power for a week, but I wasn't flooded. It, it wasn't, it wasn't that, that, that bad. Um, but not having, not being able to do laundry for a week, having, having dirty towels and, and no power and all of that, that was a really terrible thing. And that was very minor in comparison, obviously to what is happening um, in Texas and Louisiana now. So um, lo Loads of Hope will assuredly be, be rolling down um, to the affected areas once the flood water is clear. I will make sure to amplify those efforts um, so that people know about them. Um, and again, also, I'm very much hoping that I will be able to volunteer in some way um, because of my um, existing or, or pre previous and still somewhat existing relationships that I have with um, with the brand. Um, and I will, of course, keep you posted on that. Um, the, the other third of my patron money I'm actually setting aside to cover travel costs in the event that um, I am able to put my boots on the ground once the floodwater clears and assist in the actual cleanup efforts, whether that's with Loads of Hope or with some other organization. Um, I do have family in Houston. I would like to see my family in Houston. They're doing fine, thank God. Um, but so many people aren't, and I, and I would like to, to help with that. Um, I also want to say thank you to Susie and to Dino and to Samantha and really just to all of you. 
the trust that you put in me is so humbling. And every single day, it is an honor to do this job. So I just really want to say thank you. And so that'll do it for this episode of Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. If you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a patron by going to patreon.com slash askacleanperson and selecting one of the amazing rewards I'm offering to my listeners. I would also love it if you would subscribe on Acast or iTunes, leave a rating and tell your pals about this weird little cleaning show that you love so much. And of course, thanks to you, my listeners, for joining me for another episode of Ask a Clean Person, the podcast.